You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews-Akome. So let's get started. Hey guys, hey, welcome, welcome back to the show. It's Nikayla here, back with another episode of Side Hustle Pro. And today in the guest chair, we have Felicia Jackson. Felicia is the CEO and inventor of CPR Wrap, a patented award-winning CPR template that protects and guides any non-medical responders during respiratory and cardiac emergencies that require CPR. Felicia was CPR certified and worked in a hospital when her two-year-old experienced a near-death event. Felicia actually froze with fear, unable to render aid to her son, but her husband stepped in and saved their son's life. Now, after that incident and the realizations that came to her, Felicia is now working hard to make CPR wrap her product accessible to everyone so that performing CPR is less intimidating, especially in the frantic moments during an emergency. So in today's episode, Felicia shares how she was able to find a manufacturer and create her prototype. She shares a really clutch tip, so be sure to tune in. And two, how a viral TikTok video led to a 2,000% increase in monthly sales. Plus, she also shares how she navigates finding the right trade shows, business partners, and investors for her business, and so much more. Let's get right into it. Welcome to the guest chair. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you for having me. Well, I had to have you like I was chatting with you before we started recording. You know, once I heard about this product, I was like, oh, my God, I have to have this on Side Hustle Pro because not only did I want it, but I wanted everyone to be aware of it because I wasn't aware of it. And this is such an important product. So before we get into the actual creation of the product, can you tell us more about your initial career path before becoming an inventor and an entrepreneur? Yeah, sure, sure. So I am what they call an innovator and a procrastinator. It's like I innovate things all, you know, those two don't mix. And I have so many ideas in my head, but I never follow through. Uh, But prior to becoming an inventor, I worked in the medical field for 30 years. Um, I went from being working in the emergency room to being a physical therapist assistant. um, And I just knew that was going to be the end of my career. I mean, I, that is what I wanted to do. I always wanted to help people yeah. and uh, and just make, help people get better. And that's what I was doing um, before I became an inventor. Or innovator. Uh, so I understand that, you know, there was a really scary incident that inspired the creation of the CPR rap. Can you tell us more about that? Yes. Yes. So uh, this incident uh, is just whenever I recall it, it's just like it, I'm reliving it over again. Mm-hmm. It's so such a bad day. Um, uh, we were on a family outing. I have three children. Uh, my husband, we were driving somewhere. I don't remember the, to the location, but they called me the helicopter mom because I'm always looking back and checking on my children just to make sure they're okay. But this particular time, I look back at my children and I noticed that my baby, who was two years old at the time, uh, looked like he was trying. He was trying to cry, but nothing was coming out. Mm. And I immediately knew that he was in distress. You know, I worked in a hospital, so I knew the signs. So I screamed to my husband to pull over, pull over to the side of the road. We eventually get there. And my husband immediately takes our son out of his car seat, hands him to me because, you know, I work in a hospital. I'm CPR certified. I know what to do. Right. But as soon as he handed me my baby, 
everything that I learned went out the window. I just looked into my baby's eyes. I saw that he was, we call it circling the drain. Uh, He was almost gone. And the only thing that I could do was shake him and pray to God, help me, help me. My husband saw that I was uh, panicking, took our baby from my hands and saved his life. And uh, and I'm going to tell you that I beat myself up for several years because of that. Because what if my husband wasn't with me? Right. You know, would I have snapped out of it and eventually did something? I don't know. You know, maybe so. But um, I went back, you know, got my uh, additional training into CPR um, and... Here we are today. Wow. I mean, well, thank you for sharing that with us because, you know, as a mom, I, my heart just uh, goes out to you and also feels that fear with you as you're recounting that. And I know that none of us, no matter how much training we have, can predict how we will react in an emergency. We just don't know. So thankfully, you've created this product. Now, first of all, tell us what exactly is the CPR wrap? Right. A CPR wrap is a single use CPR template that allows any non-medical person to perform CPR immediately and effectively. Uh, What it is, is you take it, it's in a pouch, comes in a small pouch, fits in the palm of your hand, take it out. If you see someone that goes into sudden cardiac arrest, put it on top of the victim. It has a one-way valve mouth barrier for rescue breathing. Visual hand placements that shows you exactly where to do compressions, how deep the compressions, how many compressions. And it's a a safety template that protects you from fluid contaminants and drug residue. Oh, that is just amazing. How did you know exactly what elements you needed to put on this CPR wrap? Was this a mixture of what you learned in training and also what you saw was missing with the current materials? Right. Well, initially, there's there's two uh, two dynamics to that. Okay. You know, first I first I had a dream after what happened to me uh, with my baby. Uh, I had a dream of a product. I, I guess it was just so itched in my mind. You know, it affected me so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a dream, and I actually saw the template on top of a victim in the middle of a street. Somebody was using it to perform CPR. And I woke up. I keep a piece of paper by my bed at all times. Uh, I did before I came into technology, but uh, a piece of paper. And I drew what I remember in my dream. And um, it just I sat on it. You know, procrastination kicked in, uh, but I <laughs> sat on it. But yeah, but that's how I got the initial uh, look of the product. But then I'm also in the medical field and I have several peers in cardiology, respiratory therapy and other CPR uh, trainers. Right. And when I actually showed them uh, my idea at the time, um, you know, I got a lot of information, a lot of input. So now that you have this idea and I mean, we can all relate to that procrastination kicking in. um, How long did you procrastinate before you started meaningfully working to create it? (laughs) <laughs> I'm so embarrassed to tell you <laughs> about no, I 10 think years. Everyone needs to hear that. That's real. Yes. That's real. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yes. But all that matters is that it's created now because right. we have it. So that just goes to show that, listen, it, it could take a while um, to work up that courage to pursue this because did you think like, oh, why not me? Or this, this has to be out here already? Right. I mean, in, in family, life happens. You know, here I am, a mother. You know, my goal was to put food on the table, right. keep a roof over my family's head. I was not thinking I was going to ever become an entrepreneur because no one in my family ever did. And I definitely didn't think that I was actually going to follow through on inventing something and bringing it out into the masses. 
you know, that was not in the forefront of my mind. You know, I just wanted to make sure that I didn't freeze up, Mm -hmm. you know, again. So did you create like a prototype just for you? In that time, I did. Okay, I did. So you were just oh keeping it for goodness. yourself. <laughs> I was, and then mm-hmm. I got to thinking. You know, I, I you know I wanted this. This I sh- shame on me mm-hmm. if I held this for myself. Yeah, shame on me. Yeah, and then I just knew I had to get it out right. there. Yeah, what was that that clicked in your mind? You know, did, did someone see it and say, "I want one"? Like, what what was the shift that happened for you to actually start creating it for the masses? Right. So I always tell people to have people that are team you, no matter what. So even in all the ridiculous things that I can recall that ever came to mind, I had a subset of people. You know, my 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 cheerleader group yeah. that I can say, "Hey, this is what I'm thinking about inventing. What do you think about it?" And, you know, we were in a book club and it was eight other professional women of all, you know, just teachers, you know, just a mix of everyone. And I told them what I was thinking about. And one of those women, they were a facilitator for a company or an incubator called Launch Chattanooga. And she said, wait, 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 Felicia, I'm tired of you coming to me, (laughs) telling me your thoughts. You're coming to my class and we're going to we're going to make this a reality. Yes. And I did. I just couldn't find the time. I'm thinking I'm working full time. I'm a full time mother. I'm a wife. How in the world can I go? But they they accommodated my schedule and I brought my little piece of paper with my invention drew. I mean, and I'm not a, a artist by any means. Uh, and that became a, That's a how prototype. it started. Wow. That's how it started. So what were your next steps? How did you find a manufacturer? How did you start to get your actual prototype, your next prototype and create this thing? Wow. Once I first realized this is what I wanted to follow through and I had to get this out. I mean, I was unstoppable. You couldn't tell me anything. (laughs) I worked my nine to five and then I came home and I worked from five until it was time for me to get up. I mean, I, I don't even think I slept and I, I researched everything, you know, Google, uh, was my, my friend and, you know, something called Thomas net. I always say that that was my saving grace What's because Thomas I net? was thomasnet.com is a, um, a site that has all types of manufacturers on there, you know, cause I needed someone to do the prototype, yeah. but I couldn't find anyone. I needed material. I couldn't find that as well. So it has everything that you need all around the world, different companies, uh, with their contact information, the things that they can help you with, the, the 3D CAD design, everything. Wow. Um, and that that's touch how I right started. there. I mean, out of, I don't think we've ever had that mentioned on the show. So thank you. Okay. So that's how you started. Did you find someone you immediately connected with a manufacturer through that? I did. I found like three. And I'm going to tell you, I don't fly. I'm so terrified of airplanes, but I knew to reach these people, I had to get on a plane. So I got on my first airplane wow. and I went to visit two manufacturing plants. And uh, I finally found my one that I wanted to work with. Love that. So (laughs) now you started creating this. At what point did you start thinking, um, you know, this is something people might want to copy. I need to patent this. What phase did that come into play? Yeah. So that came in the very beginning because I knew, I mean, that was from all the research. Yeah. You know, I'm the type that I don't wait, even though I went through a lot of incubators, I went through a lot of accelerators. I wasn't the one to wait until someone gave me all the information. You know, I had to look and think, hey, I have an invention right. and I needed to protect that. You know, I need to protect it. What are the steps that I need to take? Mm-hmm. I don't have any money. I'm bootstrapping everything. 
what can I do, you know, to get this information? And, you know, I got it all on Google. I went to the USPTO, United States Patent and Trademark Office, uh, figured out I was a micro entity. They charged me $50 uh, to do my non-provisional or my provisional patent process. And there you go. I got the protection. And after that, you know, I just started asking people. And that's where my advisors and mentors came on. People that I met along the way yes. that could uh, kind of fill in the holes where I didn't And know. did you need to get an attorney to start that process of, of patenting or did you start it yeah. on your own? I started that on my own. I mean, because I, I, I'm thinking I don't have $3,000. I don't have $1,000. I, mean, I just didn't have it. Mm-hmm. So I did as much as I could on my own. But when I got my first infusion of capital, yes. uh, I actually did have to get, uh, go out and get a patent lawyer. Okay. Uh, and now I have four. So, yeah. Okay. Wow. Do you need four? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I really want to know, like, what, 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 what are all four? What are the different things that all four do? <laughs> Right. You don't need four. You need one great one. Uh, Mm -hmm. I had to kiss a lot of frogs uh, to to find my 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 true patent lawyer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So now, how long did that process take from starting to work with the manufacturer to getting this product out the door? Right. So that took another year, year and a half, um, because you know you have to get the material, you have to outsource, and then you it's a U.S. product, you know. You want to make it in the U.S., but then you're finding better prices uh, overseas. And so you had to, I mean, there's a lot of variables that go into it, uh, and I'm learning. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things that I know that, especially with, um, I won't say specifically with women, and, I, and I, yeah, I'm going to say it, go especially minority women. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say it. Um, we don't have a lot of access, you know, to things that should be readily, you know, that we should have. You think we have, but we don't. We have to fight and, and really try to get that information. And that's what I had to do. The information was out there, but the door wasn't open for me to get it, mm. to assess it. Uh, and so I had to to learn a lot on my own uh, and really get there. And once I got to a certain level mm-hmm. to where people were seeing that we were you know, actually doing something, yeah. then they were more apt to divulge. Uh, information. Interesting. What kind of information? Yeah. Like when you say information, are you talking about vendors, uh, how to get into stores? Yeah. Yeah. That because a lot of people saw me as um, they're not as someone that they can co-brand with or someone they can partner with. They okay. saw me as their competition. Okay. Even though we were not on the same level, I mean, totally two different products, but they saw my growth as something that would hinder their growth. And so they held a lot of stuff back for me. You know, CPR rep was not allowed to go into a lot of companies, retail companies, um, for the simple fact that it was me bringing it to the fold. You know, that that's a whole nother story in itself. I, I was um, wondering about that when I saw this product because I, and that's why I asked about the patenting because I know that you see this, you're like, this is great. Why wasn't this created before? And then, right. but then you want it to be from someone else. You want, you want to bring someone else to that boardroom and present this and give them a big box deal or a business to business deal or, you know, to take over all the hospitals and all of that. So how are you navigating that? Right. Um, so I'm, I always believe that you should have strategic partnerships. And that's what I believe. You know, I'm I'm navigating. There's a lot of barriers. I mean, let's just put that out there. There's a lot of barriers and every money, every 
capital. Every deal is not a great deal. And I, I had to learn the hard way. Right. And so I just go into each um, each business meeting. You know, every time that I present this product to someone, some company, you know, I'm transparent. This is what you get. What you mm-hmm. see here is what you get. Yeah. You get the mission, you get the vision. And if you're going to hop on and, and take this train ride with me, so be it. So be it. Um, but it's still hard. You know, no matter how successful you are, right. uh, it's still very hard. We still have to kick down a whole lot of barriers uh, to make it to the next step. But that's not going to stop. Definitely no. not going to stop me. No. And at what point, first of all, are you a business to business product or business to consumer product? We're we're both. You know, okay. I always tell people CPR app is a B2B to B to C. We're on, <laughs> you know. You know, it's like, can you really put a price on life? You know, no. can you put a, you know, a life-saving product in a box? I think this is for every man, woman, and child all over the world. That's my goal. So guys, I know investing and trading can seem really intimidating and complicated, but it doesn't have to be that way. Episode 301 guest Terry Ajoma runs one of the top investing education programs out there. It's called Trade and Travel. It's an on-demand course with really thorough lessons that explain everything. And it also features weekly coaching with Terry herself and a very active private Facebook community. How do I know? Because I am also a trade and travel student and trade and travel is helping me to break through the intimidation that I've always felt around stocks. So Terry teaches you the difference between long versus short selling. She teaches you everything you need to know about getting set up, where to invest, how to invest. Um, She teaches you how to trade stocks as a side hustle to earn extra income and how to set concrete goals, realistic goals, how to pace yourself. Trading is not something you need to do every day. Um, You know, Terry really shows you how to do it in a realistic side hustle way so that you're trading, but you're also, you know, having impact and making wise choices. So go ahead and learn more and sign up for the trade and travel program at sidehustlepro.co slash trade and travel. And I'll link to it in the show notes. Through trade and travel, you can learn how to trade as a side hustle and supplement your income with trading. So sign up for trade and travel at sidehustlepro.co slash trade and travel. One more time, that's sidehustlepro.co slash trade trade and travel. So have you partnered with any brands so far? Are you trying to get into any retailers? Right. So we have, uh, we're in conversation with a few retailers uh, that try to get it out there because that's a whole, now we have seven channels of distribution. What are they? You know, I, I had to, to rein it back. You know, okay. of course, we have retail. I know licensing, organizational partnerships. Um, we are doing distribution partnerships. Like right now, we have partnered with uh, Aero Healthcare out of Australia wow. to export, uh, to distribute our products in Queensland, in all of Australia. I love that partnership. We partner with a company called Heart Hero, uh, who has invented one of the first compact portable defibrillators in the world. Um, and so that's going to be a co-brand. Mm-hmm. So with, with every defibrillator, you will get a CPR wrap to initiate CPR while someone's getting the AED to shock the heart back into rhythm. Um, and we are talking with the Red Cross and in hopes of talking with the American Heart Association, too. So, yeah, we have a lot of um, 
irons in the fire. Very, very smart partnerships. And um, I'm curious now from a financial standpoint, you touched on the bootstrapping a little bit, but you know, how were you able to start building this business? So you were working full time and pouring some of your salary into it. Was that how you were doing it? I was. Uh, I this is this is funny now, but it wasn't funny then. Once I decided to go all in, you know, I was working in the hospital. I was actually in school to get my doctorate of physical therapy, but I completely stopped and just stopped working. You know, my uh, we it was a two income house. I quit my job. Didn't tell my husband. <laughs> wait, Please wait, don't wait, do that. Wait, that's a whole wait. We we gotta go back to that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. I did. I quit my how, job, how and you it was planning like, to you know. For him to not notice that. I know. I, I didn't. I wasn't thinking. <laughs> I, I had my entrepreneur hat on and my mind was like, go. You've got to get this out and you have to be in this business 100%. Yes. Because I was I was slowly burning myself out, working full time, you know, being a mom full time and then doing this full time. I had three full time jobs. Wow. There was no me time. And so I was hurting myself. And I said, OK, something's got to go. And so, unfortunately, it was the job that was bringing in money. And I thought two weeks later, he's going to figure out there's no money coming in. So I had to fess up. Uh, and I did. And he was OK with it eventually. And, uh, you know, I was able to really take off after that. But yeah. Uh, how, yeah. How, how did you take off w- with less cash coming in? Like, how did, were you able, you know, because it's always that dance of do I quit? Because, you know, it's it's what's provided me with money to pay the bills. But if I could do this full time, I could accelerate. Now, how, how were you able to do that? I know it was crazy. Well, it, it was hard. Uh, we eventually, because I quit my job, we lost our car. Mm-hmm. We were in the process of losing our home. And during that time, it was a group. Uh, I later found out it was a group of doctors that came to me and they saw that the product, they loved the product. And they offered me $1.2 million dollars for my concept. I hadn't even, I didn't even have a prototype yet. And I'm sitting at the table with this person and they had the money there with them. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, this could change our lives. Yes. You know, this could save my family. And, and I tell you, and I always say, go back. I always have you a per people that are team you. I excuse myself. I did the church, church lady leaving the room. Excuse me one second. <laughs> I'll be right back. Went to the restroom, got out my phone, and I called my two people that I that uh, uh, that I trusted the most, and I told them everything that was going on. You know, this is money; it's right here. What do I do? And they both said they didn't tell me not to, and they didn't tell me to take the money. They just told me to remember my why. And if these people are coming to you at this moment with this amount of money for a concept, imagine what it can be worth a, for longer. You know, down the road. And I went back and I turned the money down. Um, and I thankfully that I did, uh, because shortly after that, I got uh, an investor. I love that story. I love that story. So talk about the difference between um, an investor, because sometimes when people hear investor, they still think of it as like, oh, you know, you're selling your company and you're you're giving away your legacy and all that stuff. So what was the difference between these people trying to buy your company and this investor? Mm-hmm. So the people that I, uh, the story initially uh, that wanted that for the 1.2 million, yeah. they wanted to buy at least 80% of my company, let me keep the other 20, and but they still wanted me to be the face of the company and run the company. I just wouldn't own it. They'd have all ownership, all voting rights, everything. So the investor I got was an angel investor. And these people, they normally invest in you as the founder of the company. 
and it's called patient money. You know, it's money that can stand the test of time. You know, they know that you are going to take time to grow your company and they're willing to, to wait on whatever returns that they're going to get. And I always tell people, you know, know your numbers. You definitely have to know your numbers because when I messed up with my first investor, I didn't ask for money that could take me several years out. I was only thinking of how much money do I need to get this prototype made and um, to do other things. And that was like $30,000 when all in actuality, I should have been asking for hundreds of thousands, a little bit more. And so, but it was also a friend too. Um, And so I was able to, she was actually able to help me get my first working prototype. Thank you for breaking that down because that's very important to know. And yes, it is patient money, you know, angel investment. They are thinking long-term and they're looking at the payoff long-term and, and, you know, the, the smaller investments that are going to pay off because they, these angel investors are investing in a lot, a lot of companies. <laughs> and um, I'm so glad that you were able to have that investor to help you. It, even though it wasn't as much as you should have been asking for, it was able to get you that first prototype. And, you know, here we are today. So once you had right. that first prototype, that's when you started to land some of your partnerships. I was, I was ready to go because <laughs> I mean, and I think of myself, look, yeah. when somebody's talking to me, no one knows what you're thinking about in your mind, no matter how well, and I've gotten better at trying to describe my product. Yeah. You know, in the beginning, I didn't have a clue, ah. but it's always best to have something tangible. If you can, if it's a product based uh, company to have something they can touch, yes. you know, and feel, and then and they know it's real. And once I did, I, I, I was actually in another incubator and it was through launch of Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. And from there, it was like, you got a product. Can it sell? Will it sell? I had to step out of another box. I don't like to talk to people. I mean, <laughs> now, now you can't shut me up. But then <laughs> I did not like talking to people. Yes. And so I had to get out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I couldn't be that person, that timid, that quiet person anymore because, you know, I had to tell people what I had. And get them to believe in something, yes. you know, something that I made in my mind. You know, they, you know, are, are they going to buy this? You know, do they feel like they're going to need this? So I had to to hone my craft of speaking to people. And hone it you have, because I would have never, ever guessed that you don't like talking to people. <laughs> no, I don't. So if people go to CPRWrap.com right now, they can purchase it on the website, correct? Yes, you can. You can purchase it on the website, uh, Walmart.com, Amazon as well. And how did you go about marketing the product in those early days, once you had the prototype? And even now, how are you going about marketing? Right. So it's now it's word of mouth. You know, I always tell people, you know, you can't make money if you don't put money out there. So you always need to do some type of marketing. Mm-hmm. But with me, because I didn't have the money, um, I, I told people, I told my story. People resonated with my story. Yes. And once they did that, you know, they signed on. I mean, and then, you know, we did something through TikTok and we went viral. And through TikTok, we were able, I was able to hire two people. What? Wait, so, <laughs> wait. Break that down for us a little bit. What do you mean by yeah. through TikTok, you were able to hire two people? Yeah, because you were working and, and this this goes back a little bit further, you know, because I was direct to consumer, the people that I was reaching out to. Right. And I didn't have the money for marketing to reach those specific people. And so I started working on direct to business, B2B transactions. And, you know, those can take years sometimes to develop. 
And so to turn the light on, to keep the lights on, should I say, and, and make money for our operations, I thought, okay, well, let's do more things on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and just put more content out there. And so I made a post, one post on TikTok, and it got 3 million views. Wow. And the other one got 1 million views. And our monthly, and I don't mind saying, I mean, this is nothing I, I want to hide because I'm about being transparent. Thank you. Our monthly revenue went from zero, because there are some days we didn't have any sales, to 1,000, zero to 1,000 a month, to 10 to 28,000 a month. $28,000 a month and growing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And growing. And that's off of one TikTok. That's only one stream. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And and it's, it's nonstop. It's nonstop. So it's, you have to let people don't know you exist. They're not going to buy your product. They're not going to buy your services. So yeah, that was a biggie for us. That's amazing. And I mean, it also goes to show that no, you can't predict virality and anything like that. But if you don't, (laughs) <laughs> there's actually a TikTok with this audio that says, if you don't talk about your business, you can't have a business. <laughs> and, and that's... Talk that. about your business. You don't talk about your... You have to talk about your business. So that you means do. organically, even before you start saying, oh, I don't have any money for ads. Well, are you organically just talking about it, just posting about it and talking being the key word because when people see that demonstration of the product, when people hear how you use it, they see your face, that attracts more engagement than just, you know, you. if you were just to put up the CPR wrap with like, you know, the instructions and, you know, pointed to the, this is part four, this is what you do with that, this is part three, this is where it goes over your mouth, like, that's not going to attract as much attention as you demonstrating and talking about it. Exactly. So I need to link to this, you guys, I got to go find that TikTok. Um <laughs> people lose money in the first years of business as you so transparently talked about um what is your experience now are you able to um have more team members are you paying salary are you taking a salary so what's been your experience on the financial front right yeah uh it's crazy because i guess during covid i mean that was one that affected us tremendously you know i did have um to employees, including myself, uh, taking a salary. That was the first time I ever took a salary. Right. Uh, because when you start a company, it's like your baby. And, you know, I was so used to putting money into it. I never thought, you know, I should even pay myself. You know, I thought it was like taboo to me. It's yeah. like, no, now I, I, can, I need to pay these people that are working in the business. I'm the one that started the company. Uh, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to pay myself. But um, now that I'm, I am able to pay myself again, I'm able to pay my employee again. I mean, it's, it just seems so surreal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm always going to work, not just in the company, for the company, in the company. I mean, that's just how I am, you know, because of my mission. But to get other people to see that mission, to see that vision and actually want to work as hard as you do, you hold on to those people and yeah. you do whatever it takes. So I love that we're able to do that with the growth that we've seen with CPR rap. Yes. And I also see that you hit the ground running. Like you were at the trade shows, you were talking about your product, you were demonstrating and showing it. How do you navigate that in terms of deciding how many trade shows a year I need to go to? What is the ROI on those kind of experiences and events? 
Right. Uh, that And that took um, a little bit to, to kind of uh, navigate through as well and just to figure out because with a product like this, it's like, where does it fit? Mm-hmm. And like I said, I normally see this product fitting everywhere, but I did have, it costs money. Yeah. You know, some of those tables cost three thousand dollars, five thousand wow. dollars, and that's just for the table. Yeah, that's just to get your to get a table at the event. Uh, and then you have marketing because you want people to know that you're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to buy swag. You have to take inventory. And, and there's a lot to go into it. And so you really have to know your numbers. You have to know what money you can part with to get that return. You know that you're looking for for the money that you're putting out to let people know that you you are you exist. Um, that was the first time I ever went to a, a the kids expo. I went to an ABC kids expo because, I mean, that's my target. Yeah. My target market are mothers, their children. You know, that is like 80% of the people that buy CPR rap. So, so you do have to, to know. That? Who comes to that kind of showcase? When you say ABC kids and your target are moms, but they're not actual just moms walking in there, right? These are brands and businesses. I assume these are brand- Oh, yeah. Like uh, bad, Bye Bye Baby. Okay. Yeah, there's retail, Target. You know, places like that, even the other vendors that are there, you know, like we are working on a partnership with the um, uh, it's a vendor. It's in Italy. Mm-hmm. And I can't really divulge the name yet, but, you know, it's in Italy yes. and it's a baby product and they've been around for like 30 years, you know, but they act, they just wanted to export here in the U.S. They mm-hmm. saw the product and now we're talking about branding. Mm-hmm. So influences are there, you know, from social media, you know, they're the outreach. They're going to get eyes on your product or services to their millions of viewers. Those are the people that you want to connect with. I didn't know that. I didn't realize influencers went there. So that's very important. And I want people who are listening to this who have a product and who are starting to research the trade show routes and whether it's effective, whether it's worth it to know about this. So number one, how did you figure out which trade shows were worth it for your product? Right. Uh, It's, I talk with people. I reached out and a lot of these trade shows, you go on YouTube mm-hmm. and everybody's posting content about it. Ah, okay. uh, and that's what I did. Yeah. Yes, I did that. And sometimes they hear about your product or services and they reach out to you. And that's what ABC Kids Expo did. They oh, reached wow. out to me. Okay. And I went to EMS World where my product was shown to professionals, mm-hmm. EMTs, paramedics, uh, CPR trainers. Yes. Yes. I will definitely work with you. No, I don't think you will use my product as an EMT. But you are connected with the people I'm trying to reach out to, mm. you know, and that could be a branding partnership. Yes. So there's ways to work your product or service into whatever uh, trade show you're okay. going to. And what makes it worth it for you? A life saved. That's that's it. That's my mission. My mission and my goal in life right now, besides making sure my family is taken care of, is to empower every man, woman, and child to save a life and to be saved. Yes. And when I get that call that somebody's life was saved because they were able to use CPR wrap, I say I'm done, but no, I'm done. That, that's that's my driver. That's my fuel yes. to keep going. And do you have those kind of stories? I mean, I know it's deep. It's heavy. It's heavy, heavy stuff. But it's so important that, like, to be able to do that. So you can view it as heavy, but you can also view it as, oh, my God, thank God that they had thank the God. CPR app. You know, so do you do you get those kind of uh, customer testimonials? I do. I do. I got um, one uh, celebrity because a lot of times I send out to people that have, of course, you know, uh, celebrities and, and, and influencers. She was on the Housewives of Atlanta, okay. uh, Kim Zolziak Bierman. Oh, OK. And I sent. she has tons of kids. And she's a nurse. <laughs> yes, so she, she gets it. Right. She has tons of kids. 
And one day, my social media, my phone was going off. Bing, bing, bing. I mean, just notification, notification. Yeah. And come to find out, her son was choking to death. And she's a nurse. And she freaked out. She panicked, just like we all would. Yeah. Ran to their uh, office wow. where they kept my CPR wraps that I sent them and their AED. Wow. And they were able to save him. I, you know, of course, they would initiate that if he was to go un- unconscious. Right. But, you know, they were able to save his life. But she was like, she was so happy that she had those just in case, even yes. though she's a nurse. Yes. It, just the panic yep. sets in. And so getting that, it was like, and, and other ones too. Mm-hmm. Um, I get good and bad. You know, people that don't have my product yeah. that have lost a child or lost a loved one and wish it would have been around. Mm. Um yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That That is, in, oh my God. I'm so glad that she shared that too. Not only that she had it, but she shared that because I think my fear is always, you know, you can take the class, but in that moment, your brain is doing the same thing. Like, where, where am I supposed to put my hand again? Where am I supposed to do this again? So just having that there to guide you as you're already freaking out is just right. such a, a godsend. So... Whew, thank you for this. Now, now, before we get into the lightning round, I would love to know, you know, what are your next big dreams and goals for CPR Wrap? What are you working on? In addition to the partnerships that you've mentioned, I'm just curious, you know, where do you see this product going? Right. So I'm working to have a major distributor in every country mm-hmm. in the world and in every state within the U.S. Uh, that's what I want. You know, I want us to be a hub, CPRrap.com to be a hub of information. Yes. Um, and also we have a dog version that's coming out, pet CPR canine oh. that we're trying to push out. Yeah. I'm hoping to launch it the end of this year or early next year. Okay. Uh, I don't know where I'm going to launch it, but I'll, <laughs> it's going to be huge. Listen, it's going to be huge. The yeah. way people... <laughs> love their pets i i don't have a pet you guys so i can only see and observe that yeah the pet industry <laughs> listen huge huge, huge. Yes. okay that is very very exciting i'm excited for you now we're going to jump into a quick lightning round you know the deal you okay. just answer the very first thing that comes to mind are you ready I'm ready. All right. So number one, um, what is a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? Oh, I've already said it and I'll say it again. ThomasNet.com. That's my go-to. That's clutch. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Number two, who is a non-celebrity Black woman entrepreneur that you would trade places with for a day and why? Uh, I would have to say non-celebrity. I would have to take it back to someone here in, uh, in my city. Mm. And her name's Alexis Willis. Mm. Uh, she's a non-celebrity, but she is a go-getter. Uh, she kicks down barriers and she does not take no for an answer. And she's actually the one that actually got my foot in the door just to become an entrepreneur. Nice. All right. We're going to look her up and, you know, thank you. Num- <laughs> Number three, what's a non-negotiable part of your morning or your day? Spending time with my family. Uh, kissing my loved one. That's non-negotiable. I have to look them in the eye. I have to talk to them every day. Yes. Number four, um, what's a personal habit that has helped you significantly as you grow your business? I mean, just being me. Yeah. You know, letting people come into my world. And it's helped me throughout uh, my whole my whole career, even before I become a, uh, became an entrepreneur. Uh, this is who you get. I'm, I'm no different. And people um, relate to that. 
Yes. And then final question, number five, what is your parting advice for fellow women entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss, but are nervous about losing that steady paycheck? I know. I always tell people to never let fear be your driver. Don't do it. Don't do it. Believe in yourself, trust in yourself, and trust the process. You'll, you'll, you'll come out on the end, good or bad. You know, it's all a learning experience. Uh, failure is not truly failure. Yes. You know, it's a way to learn. I love that. And I think that's the perfect note to wrap up on. So where can people connect with you and get their hands on CPR Wrap after this episode? You can go to www.cprwrap.com. You can get your CPR wraps there. And you can also connect with me uh, via my uh, website as well. Here. All right, guys. And there you have it. Talk to you next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other side hustlers just like you to find the show. And if you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Side Hustle Pro. Plus, sign up for my six bullet Saturday newsletter at sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter. When you sign up, you will receive weekly nuggets from me, including what I'm up to, personal lessons, and my business tip of the week. Again, that's sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter to sign up. Talk to you soon.